there are external pressures dictating what we should be doing and what constitutes success. In law school, everyone was obsessed with grades and whether or not you were going to a prestigious firm. In the big law firm life, it's all about the billable hour. Now, most associates don't like this at all, but they need to make their bonus and pay off their loans. So this focus on hours is just endemic in the culture. And in the podcast creator life, it's all about downloads, social media following, and influence. We're all at risk of becoming a version of ourselves we don't love because societal pressures and industry standards exist everywhere. Hey everyone, this is Ashley Menzies Babatunde, your host and resident storyteller. Welcome to another episode of No Straight Path, the highs, the lows, and the lessons learned. No Straight Path is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. And we are digging into the human stories behind success. And my hope, as always, is that you leave the conversation inspired, motivated, and excited about your journey. Wow. Today is the year anniversary of No Straight Path. Oh my God, I am just so happy. (laughs) Technically, I released the podcast teaser in February last year, but today we are celebrating because we released the first episode on this date with my mentor and friend, Michelle Odemage, the CEO of Achievement Network. And if you're new to the podcast, I highly recommend that episode. Michelle is just so wise. I remember being very excited to release this meaningful conversation. I've learned so much in the past year. I've grown so much and I want to continue to grow on this journey and keep the podcast going. So to celebrate year one of the podcast and to fund year two, I've launched a Kickstarter. If you believe in the No Straight Path mission and this work has added value to your life, definitely consider contributing and sharing it with your network, sharing it with friends and family. I sincerely appreciate it. All of the information is in the show notes and on social media, and I can't wait for year two. So today I want to share some of the lessons learned with you all. But before we get to that, I'd like to share a bit of background for my new listeners. This will provide helpful context as I share my reflections this month. So welcome old listeners and new. I'm so happy you're here. And yeah, let me just tell you a bit more about me. So a little over a year ago, I was working at a big law firm, billing my hours, planning my wedding, and living my life. It wasn't a bad life. It was a pretty good life. But I was also dealing with the grief of losing my mother, Belinda Menzies, who was my best friend amazing woman. So much of me is just a reflection of her. So I'm super, super grateful. And the first year of grief, I wrote meaningful essays about the loss. I wrote about the unconventional wedding day I experienced with my husband. Although we had our big wedding with friends and family in July of 2022, we got married in 2020 so that my mom could see us make that commitment before she passed away. So I wrote about that. And I wrote about my mother's strength, the way she fought cancer with such grace and ended my essay series with the meaningful birth story of my sweet goddaughter, Kinsley. If you guys follow me on social media, then you've probably seen her. She was born the day before my mom passed and just a beautiful light to us all, to the entire family. And after a year of grieving out loud, I felt like it was time to close the chapter. I'm sharing this experience with you because I think it'll help provide some helpful context 
for the next episode and just how I've navigated my journey so far. So year one of grief was the year of essays and that creative outlet. And once I closed that chapter, I realized that I needed another creative outlet. I needed another way to heal. So I decided to release the podcast teaser on my mom's birthday, February 17th, 2022. And three weeks later, HubSpot invited me to join their accelerator program. Yes, that was very unexpected and very exciting. My friend from college sent the teaser to their creator team. And I remember getting the call and just being so excited. Maybe this podcast is a step in the right direction. I was also ready to mix things up and try something new. Before I got to this point, I had actually planted the seed much earlier. I came up with the idea for the podcast in 2018, which was actually inspired by my California bar exam failure story, which was also on my blog. And I've discussed it on the podcast as well. And I started working on the podcast in 2020 when I had a lull in my cases. I finally released it in 2022. As you all know, life happens, but I'm glad I stuck with it and put it into the world with the hope that the stories would help others feel less alone as they navigate their journeys. So after balancing the podcast, my big law job, and the wedding planning for six months, I pitched a sabbatical to my law firm and they said yes. I actually share more details about this part of my journey on the Pivot episode, if you're curious. And now I've had some time to reflect on this journey, so I want to share some lessons learned. All right, number one, leaning into your passions can help you truly feel alive. What's so incredible about this journey is that although releasing the podcast teaser to the world was somewhat of a grief project, It's really allowed me to truly live again, to live more authentically, to live more fully, to live the way my mother would want me to live, to live the way that I want to live. As an attorney who has adopted a practical, overachiever mindset for most of my life, I never truly understood the creative dreamer. I think I've always had big dreams, but my dreams were limited to more traditional, somewhat guaranteed paths to success. I also grew up in LA and met a lot of struggling creatives and not so struggling, but accomplished ones. But either way, that path just seemed so risky and I didn't come from money. I also didn't have anything I was passionate about. I was just really obsessed with achieving. I liked the external validation. I never understood people who found work they would do for free. I'd think, what? I am never doing the free labor, friends. But you know what they say, never say never. And then I started telling stories on my blog and I started podcasting and it clicked. I understood. And I am currently, but hopefully not for long, doing this work for free. Remember the Kickstarter, everyone. But I just love it. Time passes so quickly. You're in flow. You're operating in your zone of genius. You're genuinely excited when you talk about your work and what you're doing, and not necessarily what you aim to accomplish, but just the work itself. I had never experienced this before. Storytelling saved me. It's something that you can't take away from us as humans. Money comes and goes, material things come and go. And our loved ones can leave us physically, but we'll always have their stories. I'll always have my mother's stories. I'll always have my grandmother's stories. I'll always have my grandfather's stories. Stories are passed down from generation to generation. And stories help us understand where we come from, who we are now, and who we want to be. 
Doing this work has made me feel truly alive and happy. It has led me on this beautiful journey of self-discovery, and I'll admit that it's not easy, and I'll provide more details about that later, but it's definitely worth it. If you feel like you're just moving through life and want to really feel alive, I suggest following your interests. Follow your curiosity. Figure out the problem you want to solve. My journey started with the pain point, and I wanted to tell stories that would have helped me on my journey. Create the content I wish I had. And these stories are actually helping me as I navigate my journey today. It's really the gift that keeps on giving. So lean into your interests, lean into your passions, and just see what happens. All right, number two, even if you do what you love for a living, part of it will still feel like work. I'm sure you've all heard the saying before, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Nope. (laughs) That is not my experience, y'all. Like, if I was only writing and interviewing inspiring people, then perhaps that would be true. But I need to go through hours of podcast recordings each week, include specific editing notes for my team, record voiceovers, Record ads, I need to market the podcast by pitching myself, doing cross-promotionals, keeping up with my social media content calendar, dealing with potential legal issues, setting up an LLC, which is still on my to-do list, keep track of expenses. This is now a business. The work feels more manageable because it is in alignment with building the life I want, but it does still feel like work because it is. Which brings me to my next point, number three. Monetizing your passions do come at a cost. Many businesses or other creative works begin with passion. A person created something because they love doing it. I often refer to myself as an accidental entrepreneur, but sometimes when you try to monetize your passion, it may suck the fun out of doing the work or at least interfere with the joy. We've talked about this on the podcast before. I believe it was Spencer Pacinger's episode, writer and producer of All American, the show on CW. And he mentioned that his brother-in-law, Alex, shout out to Alex. I also went to high school with him. But Alex said that so many people are unhappy because they are trying to monetize their passions. They're trying to monetize everything. And I thought that was a very good insight. I started to feel this with the podcast. When I was so focused on the download numbers and growing the show, I wasn't as happy. I was more anxious not really enjoying the journey as much as I should. And when I realized I was having these feelings about something that I love doing, I had to ask myself a hard question. Do I want this to be a hobby or do I want to turn this into a business? And I couldn't say no to the business. I couldn't say no to growing this podcast and potentially getting paid to do what I love. So I had to do a few things. First, I had to change my mindset. If I'm going to treat the podcast as a business and monetize it, I need to manage my expectations. Everything won't be fun and pure joy. I have to do a lot of admin work. I have to do what is required to market the show, and that's okay. I reminded myself that as long as I'm enjoying my day-to-day, for the most part, I'm on the right track. So I just keep checking in with myself to make sure that that's the case. Then I had to make sure that I preserve some creative outlets for myself. I need to have real hobbies. I can't turn every book I read into a business book or an entrepreneurial book or a podcast book. I must read for pleasure, dance to soca music for fun, and write my blog to share experiences I feel like sharing, but with no goal. 
Some people may read my blog post and hopefully feel seen and inspired because that is the goal, and that's great. But I have no expectations and I don't plan to monetize it. It's just for me, and that feels good. Next, I block out time each week to make sure that I do work that really brings me joy. So each week I try to record an interview, write part of a solo episode, or connect with a like-minded person in this space. When I block out time for the work that is related to my why, then it's a lot easier to get through the more administrative, business-oriented parts of the podcast. Remembering your why and carving out space for the work that helps you reach your flow state is a game changer. Finally, I've made a commitment to myself to build the brand in alignment with my definition of success. So if you've listened to that episode on redefining success, then you understand my approach. Time for myself and family is a huge part of that. So I plan to grow the brand sustainably. Even though monetizing your passions can come at a cost, I suggest taking some time to test it and reflect and see if it's worth it. This mindset shift from passion project to business, pursuing hobbies for pure enjoyment, carving out time to pour into my why, and building sustainably has helped me realize that it is. And the building sustainably part leads me to my next point. Number four, you're on the right path if you like who you're becoming on the journey. I like who I'm becoming when I'm living in alignment with my values. Pursuing this podcast is allowing me to do just that. But there was a time where I was doing too much and I was focused on the wrong things. I will talk more about this period of time on the next solo episode, but the main point here is that I didn't like the direction I was going internally. When I was able to take a pause, slow down, and figure out how I was going to grow this venture in alignment, things started to make sense. I started to feel better. I got organized. I started limiting my work to eight hours a day. I had a hard cutoff. I mostly stuck to it. And I started to focus on the work itself as opposed to simply increasing downloads. I recently had a conversation with one of my mentees. And my mentees, by the way, just always inspire great content. Y'all are great. So keep it coming. Keep it coming. (laughs) But She told me that she was so excited about the podcast and that she was proud of the work I was doing. She said she can't wait for me to take it full time and that she's optimistic that the show will grow quickly in the next few months and that I'll be at this Black Women in Hollywood luncheon one day. And first, my heart was warmed because she's so sweet. That's very kind of her to say. Second, I didn't know what this luncheon was, but when I looked it up, it looked really chic and bougie and fine and yes, very on brand. I would love to attend one day. (laughs) And while I love her enthusiasm and optimism, the thought of doing what is required to grow quickly unless I go viral, which is really up to chance and God, was so unsettling to me. It's giving 12-hour days, an always-on mentality, a pure focus on growth as opposed to adding value to the lives of listeners. And I'm also a little wary of anything that grows too fast, like a particular stock, like what's driving the value of that stock up. Remember GameStop. Whatever it is probably isn't sustainable, just like the pace it would take to grow fast and retain listeners. I'll admit that old Ashley would have been here for it, like ready, let's go, let's grind it out. But new and improved 33-year-old Ashley knows better. I've been there. And it led to burnout and unfulfillment. 
Everyone is different, but for me, leaving space for me to be fully human, which is not working at all, is important. Leaving space to focus on the work itself is important. Leaving space for me to reflect and be alone with my thoughts so that I can bring you valuable content is important. And leaving space to practice what I preach is necessary. I want to be authentic. I have abandoned my wants and desires too many times based on societal expectations. When I leave this space, I like who I am. In fact, I love who I am. I'm happy. I'm curious. I am wiser. I am well-rested. I am energized. I am enjoying the journey. And I am genuinely excited about my journey. Like I always say, I hope this podcast leaves you excited about your journey. But I also want to be excited about my journey. I'll admit that I have big dreams. I think I'm wired this way, but I'm at the point where if I don't achieve them or achieve them in the way I envision, I'm okay because I am enjoying the experiences I'm having. I'm enjoying learning from the connections I'm making. I'm enjoying the growth I'm experiencing. And that's what matters. I want to pursue a life well-lived, a meaningful life. After having so many conversations on and off the podcast with people who've gained success based on societal expectations, most of them say achieving a big goal is wonderful. It's a great feeling, but the feeling is fleeting. Then you think about the next goal and the next, and the goalpost just keeps moving. One creator with a very large brand bringing in a lot of money told me that she feels the same. She's very happy. She paid off her loans, yes, amazing, and has money to sustain her business and live a good life, but she was waiting for some great moment, and it didn't happen. Because she enjoys her work, it wasn't a huge issue, but her candor was a really good reminder. The moments that we would characterize as big don't always deliver in the way that we think they will. And I can tie that reasoning to so many of my experiences, graduating from Stanford and Harvard Law two dreams I wrote down at the age of 10. The graduations were lovely. Proud parents, proud families, inspiring speeches, wonderful celebrations, and great memories. But the most beautiful parts were the micro, smaller experiences along the way, the wonderful people during the journey, and becoming an attorney, which was also in the letter that I wrote to myself. Now, that moment was sweeter because the struggle was real, friends. as many of you know. And I remember I was screaming with my mom and my husband and my mom was screaming louder than me because that was just, she was just loud. (laughs) And we all hugged and I'll always remember that feeling. It was an amazing one, but still fleeting. Or even getting married. My wedding was incredible. It was only two days which I know is longer than a lot of weddings, but that was still too fast for me. And thank God I have this beautiful video I watch every week, which brings me so much joy. Pro tip, revisiting beautiful moments in your life is a great mood booster. But it's really the little moments, the daily moments in our marriage that make me feel seen and loved. And they're the most important. So with this new venture, I am committed to making sure I enjoy the daily moments, to take in the small moments, to embrace them, to truly live. Now, it won't be easy. Like every industry, there are external pressures dictating 
what we should be doing and what constitutes success. In law school, everyone was obsessed with grades and whether or not you were going to a prestigious firm. In the big law firm life, it's all about the billable hour. Now, most associates don't like this at all, but they need to make their bonus and pay off their loans. So this focus on hours is just endemic in the culture. And in the podcast creator life, it's all about downloads, social media following, and influence. We're all at risk of becoming a version of ourselves we don't love because societal pressures and industry standards exist everywhere. I think it's important to pay attention to how systems influence us. For my friends in academia, it's how much they publish and specific awards or fellowships. For my friends in sales and business development, it's how many clients they bring in and retain. For my on-camera talent friends, it's how many people like you and find you entertaining or knowledgeable about your expertise. For my marketing friends, it's about how big and quickly you can grow a brand and appeal to potential customers. For friends in medicine, it's about the number of patients you see and minimizing cost. For my friends who are teachers, shout out to Darius White for doing God's work. It is about your students' test scores. For my politician friends, it's about appealing to your constituents and potential donors. For my nonprofit CEO friends and startup founder friends, it's about fundraising. I can go on forever. Now, these are all clearly overgeneralizations. It's definitely a bit more nuanced than this, but I'm sure you get the point. There is a transactional nature to almost everything career-related because we are working within a capitalist system. And I'm not an anti-capitalist or anything, but we do need to recognize how it can influence our behavior and our thoughts, how it influences our self-worth, how it influences our inner peace. Most of us spend a lot of our lives working. We need to pay our bills. When we're focused too much on the transaction and too much on the external pressure, then we can lose the purpose, the meaning, and the humanity that exist in all of the professions I just listed. There is so much good work to be done, and many of us are doing it, but there will always be a tension between financial gain slash productivity slash achieving society's version of success and centering our humanity. And my hope is that we always find a way to just be human So as I grow this podcast, which I certainly hope will add value to millions of lives one day, yes, I have big dreams. I'm also just so happy with the value that it's adding today. I'm going to grow it my way and that feels good. Thank you for listening to another episode of No Straight Path, the highs, the lows, and the lessons learned. Remember to share the podcast with friends and family. And my hope is that these stories help you navigate your no straight path journey. If this content is adding value to your life, and I hope it is, please take a few minutes out of your day to rate the show and write a review. You can click the link in the show notes to write a review. It helps other listeners find the show. And I just really appreciate it. Have a lovely week, embrace the journey, and remember, you're not alone.